0: Republicans seek to take control of the House of Representatives.
1: Republicans are going to retake both
2: the House and Senate.
0: A liberal MSNBC hosts warning Democrats about the potential
2: for a red wave. Do we have any sort of canary in the coal mine type indications of where we may be headed on that front? Fox News is calling the Virginia governor's race for Republican
0: Glenn Youngkin.
3: You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness.
0: Welcome back to the Ruthless Variety program. I trust everyone had a very nice Memorial
3: Day. It was incredible. I mean, it just, it was beautiful outside, sun shining, much different from the way the, the, the it just stormed here leading up to the weekend.
0: Well, I gotta tell you, uh, I put some things on the grill.
2: Yeah, what'd yeah, you
0: have? Yeah, this, I, I've done many things with my smoker. But this time, I, I decided to do the pork butt, the pulled pork, mm. um, and really put my shoulder to the wheel on it. How'd you make it? You, yeah, you throw it. you, you start with like a, a little brining process, but then I, I threw it on the um, on the green egg, mm. and uh, you know, ten, twelve hours.
2: But is it? Are we talking of the Brian vinegar based?
0: See, he always
4: based. has to bring that up. Vinegar, the, car- the Carolina thing, Eastern Carolina.
2: Well, Both. what I what I like Carolina's to do got it wrong.
0: What I like to do is a nice a nice rub, uh-huh. where I, I that's my flavor addition, and then I like to have people when after they uh, pull the pork, add either a vinegar based or if they're from Kansas City, they can do they something their that's choice. tomato
4: based. Yeah, choose your
0: own adventure, smug. That's wrong.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, either way, we got a big show in front of us today. Uh, congressional candidate Matthew Foley joins yeah. us. It's incredible. A, it's what, a, a what an day. honor.
2: It's a big day.
0: <laughs> He's and, all grown up. He is.
2: He is. And, and, you know, I mean, I could not be prouder. I think he, he has gotten himself into the perfect niche of where, I mean, he spent the past how many years now investigating Dems and bringing up all the, like, misdeeds this administration's had, like, from Granholm. He, got, he called out Granholm, caught her red-handed, and she had to sell her stake in companies yeah. that she's out there soliciting. From uh, or out there pushing from her government, well, and position. and
4: investigating these Democrats for not showing up to work and closing their offices and claiming you know, oh we can't we can't have it open because of COVID for two years. I mean, meanwhile the pushes. American people have to go back to work, and it's, now he's doing that to David Trump. It's great. The way yeah.
2: he's been holding them accountable as a journalist, like how he's going to hold them accountable when he has subpoena power. That's what we need.
0: Totally. We need. Well, he also gets the little nuts and bolts too. I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview. You should have seen him when he walked in.
2: Yeah, I mean, professional. I've, I've been here and he's been grinding it on the campaign. Professional. Trail.
0: Out there. He looks like a congressman. Yeah. Never thought that'd be possible, by the way. <laughs> but he is actually totally focused. You'll love the interview. We obviously love him for a whole host of reasons, but I think he'd be a hell of a congressman. So I'm super excited about this. Um, listen, let's just get right into it. Guys, I don't know if you saw this. This is, this is uh, real tough news uh, for Hank the Tank. Uh, you'll all recall Hank the Bear, the 500 plus pound bear uh, that's basically the the mob boss of the of the animal kingdom. Yeah, um, we've established this. Yeah, and he he had run a racket for years on the west coast, where he basically got his bear friends to begin ransacking people's homes. He's right. like
2: he's like Tony Soprano and Kaiser Soze in one. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it
4: doesn't get his hands dirty.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, the only difference between uh, Kaiser Sose and him is that he, he's seen. And he's been <laughs> estimated his own weight, which when is enormous. When he wants to be enormous. yeah. <laughs> A 500-some-odd-pound bear. Well, in order to actually execute Hank's crimes, like we said, he's got turkeys out here along the Anacostia. Right. He has all kinds of different. But but the, the close circle of advisors that Hank has are bears.
4: Yeah, his main capos. Yeah. Bingo. 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 Yeah.
0: Well, one of them went down. One of them went down. Sad news. Uh, According to Newsweek, uh, the title is a huge black bear killed after a two year rampage in Washington state. Uh, Let me just read the, the beginning here so you can get a flavor for this. A huge black bear has been caught and killed after a two year rampage in Washington. A five year old bear had become food conditioned, meaning it had approached houses to look for food out of garbage and bird feeders. The bear had been seeking human food constantly over a three-year period in Issaquah, <laughs> Washington.
2: It's like it's like in uh in Good when they had to like sneak all the food into prison. He's like used to the good life. Like yeah, he, yeah. He's not gonna be out there eating garbage. Oh, what a great scene! She
4: he has to wear the, like the long down ja- uh, jacket or coat it, or whatever. Exactly. And she's like carrying in like huge like loaves of bread. Just <laughs>
2: bringing in all the gabagool and then all of them are just eating ah! it. <laughs> so and the salams. Yeah, yeah. Which,
0: by the way. R.I.P. Ray Liotta. Yeah, uh, as you made that reference, uh, Ray Liotta passed. Did you know
2: that, Smug? When was this?
0: He just passed last week.
2: Are you serious? Man? Yeah. How that guy was young. How, Sixty-seven. How, that's a terrible news, man.
0: Terrible news. Absolutely terrible news. Well, anyway, back to Hank and his and his people. The Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife had been tracking the nuisance bear for years, for years. So this is, I mean, this is like an Elliot Ness type operation. They had their eyes on this guy for years, apparently, and they only now just moved on him. Uh, The bear had been roaming the area for years, seeking food and damaging properties while avoiding capture. Wildlife officials began searching for the bear more urgently recently after it became evident that he had grown overweight. (laughs) <laughs> the bear like wave. what the hell they were if
2: he'd remain like normal size we wouldn't have shot the guy but <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <laughs> his record of success spoke for itself he had to go <laughs> <laughs> that's my
0: favorite part right yeah. it's like yeah he was ramsacking people's homes and, ca- and like doing all kinds of damage but we can't have a fat
2: bear <laughs> It's like, you <laughs> can't have it.
4: If you're a homeowner. Theft, theft is okay. Uh, being that fat and obese, uh, you must be murdered. <laughs> real.
0: <laughs> a real blind spot for the overweight out in Washington State. Uh, the bear weighed 352 pounds and oh, was yeah. wearing a collar that was now too tight. Now, it,
4: yeah. how did
0: I don't know how it got the collar. Well, right? I assume
4: the collar was put on so they could track him, monitor him. Yeah. I mean, you'd think being 352 pounds would be easy to monitor.
2: Wait, what, <laughs> what state was this, Washington? Washington State, yeah. Uh, Wouldn't surprise me. It's probably Bill Gates putting a chip on him, dude. I hear he's into that. <laughs> parody, parody, laughing. Laughing <laughs> Watching... and joking. <foi> <laughs>
0: wildlife officers caught the bear at Squawk Mountain area. Once the fugitive bear was finally caught and captured, the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife decided to euthanize the animal. Um Well, this is not going to come without repercussion, right?
2: I mean, it's Bei... everyone, I think, you know, We'll probably hear the stories of what happened over Memorial Day. There definitely were pies taken off of like, you know, <laughs> yeah. windows. Window cells. I guarantee there's been reprisals. Yeah, coast to coast.
3: This is this is going to launch a war. Yeah, I mean you just know it.
0: You can't take out a, no. a bear of this magnitude, and not get Hanks's. Uh, well, it's
3: clearly it's, this it's
4: was
2: a this was a made bear. It was, it was, a, made was made bear. a made bear. Three hundred fifty two pounds. You you just don't put your hands on a made guy. You know, it's <laughs> a <the> known thing. <laughs>
3: Especially when it's Sonny Corleone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. like
2: this is a serious hit. Well,
0: they, they they figured they couldn't relocate this bear, which to me just means that they couldn't put him in kind of witness protection against Hank. Like it was, he was not having it. It's, he was going to the grave, the bear grave.
2: It, like there's a lot to the story that we don't know because it's wild to me. There's a lot of these like blanks that haven't been filled in. Like okay, so he's been wearing a collar. They've been tracking him. And then, like they kill him all of a sudden, like what became convenient? Did did he find out too much? Was he like working both sides? Did was he thinking about flipping? But then he learned too much about them, and they're like, now this guy's got to go. Well, I, I, you raise Donnie an Brasco. interesting. Well, yeah. he raises
0: an interesting point Something because happened. he had a collar on him. He it did. means he was detained at one point. Yeah. So you, you know. You think he was a confidential informant against them? Is he
4: wearing
2: a flipped. wire? Is this guy wearing a wire? They, and then, like you know, he 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 tried playing both sides. Maybe flew too close to sun. Hell. Maybe Hank had the hit done, right. By the cops, he's got on the. I was it's just possible. gonna say maybe
0: it was like it was like a, a, a suicide by uh, wildlife, like uh, a Luca Brazzi
4: d- sleeps with the fishes sort of situation, where
0: yeah. where Hank had other people ransacking the houses, and then when the wildlife showed up, he just pushed this guy Sent- out wow. front. for it. Wow. And this guy took the wrap.
2: That's the thing is Hank works like in three D. Like he he thinks this stuff out twenty moves ahead. Right. It's well, he's I mean, like they were concerned this three hundred fifty pound bear that he's too big. Like he's 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 doing it too much. Frank's at five hundred. Like this guy's the yeah, running no. champ. Yeah, you
0: but you don't you don't screw around
3: the with The point you just made about Hank really makes you wonder where did this story come from? Is this uh, the feds putting it out? Or is it Hank putting it out?
0: Oh, Oh, that's he a said, very good point. Who's,
3: who's putting this to? Who's sending a message. Who's sending the message? He's sending wow. far and wide. He plays chess. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> well, the turkeys are still at it. They're not going to walk away from Hank at this point. So <laughs> yeah. I, I, feel like, I feel like he's got a real <laughs> stranglehold on the animal
3: kingdom here. Incidentally, you started by talking about pork butt. We were talking about uh, one of Hank's capos here. Have any of you guys ever had bear meat?
0: No, you know what I had. I, 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 I know I know uh, of several places uh, that prepare this. Uh, where I grew up, I've not had it. I'd like to.
3: Have you ever heard anybody describe it? Like, is it what's it, is it supposed to be? Like beef or what?
0: a little bit more gamey? More gamey. Okay. Yeah, and I think it's got like a higher fat content
4: to it. Ooh. Though. Okay. Like a wagyu. Uh,
0: yeah. Like it didn't. Marbled? It didn't sound no, it didn't. like it was. Like, <laughs> no, wagyu. I didn't. I didn't figure it was. Yeah. I think there's a reason why like. Bear isn't a delicate.
4: Yeah, thing. right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be somebody listening who's had who's had bear. In well, I, I hope Hank's not listening. Otherwise, you're going to be on the hit list. I
0: don't know. There there might be some prohibitions there, right? Hmm. I mean, like the place that I know that does it's it's like a like a boutique.
3: It's in Canada.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh. So I don't. Uh, There may be, like, you may not be able to. I don't think that, I don't know. Some listeners got to tell us, like, what the rules are for eating
2: a bear. It would be really good to find out. They're very limited in the number
0: you can actually kill on a hunting license, though.
2: I know that. You think there's a spot in Minnesota? I'm going to be going through St. Paul in a couple weeks.
0: I don't think Saint Paul is gonna have no it's meat.
2: up there, man.
0: It's Saint Paul.
3: <laughs> give give Hank some time and he'll control that territory too. You just gotta give him time.
0: Yes. Acts like the capital of Minnesota is like in the middle of the <laughs> I'm woods. just
3: glad
4: you're getting the heat now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Minnesota
4: Minnesota's the woods and in the, Indianapolis is flat. Listen, it's
2: in the no of buildings. Saint Paul. <laughs> Take some same Maybe they're portal off bear meat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so
4: good.
0: So good. Alright, so getting back to serious stuff. Uh we we have laughed and joked, but it really is kind of serious about how the United States of America is becoming a third world country under Joe Biden. Um there was a headline in CBS News this last week that was entitled Facing a Sizzling Summer, Large Parts of the U.S. Risk Blackouts a government agency warns. Um, what?
2: Blackouts? Uh, the, the, the fact that they're warning people of this, is it feels a lot like, you know, the, the whole genset yeah, the gen food side. shortages mm-hmm. right before the food shortages began. right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and the same way that uh, I, uh, last week when the GDP revision numbers came out and the economy in the first quarter was down 1.5 when it was... We'd, the initial estimate was down 1.3, then some folks thought it'd be 1.4, but it's actually... 1.5 down. The economy shrank. The GDP shrank by 1.5. Yeah, get on the core like that. That's recession. But the fact that over the same period of time, like I found uh, uh, the Joe Biden account tweeted out this video of him giving a speech about the success of how much the economy has grown in the same period of time that we now find out <laughs> it actually shrank. by you know, 1.5 percent. It's like this is kind of like I, I keep repeating the comparison to Venezuela. But the fact that you have a regime that's like everything is fine comrades you know everything's under control maybe uh wait next week to buy baby formula (laughs) electricity might not work today you know i mean this is very rapidly things have gotten to this point stuff you never even thought
0: about right yeah i mean i know that texas had an issue a few years back but like i think about like enron and the rolling blackouts of california i mean that was that now the whole country is facing this kind of thing like how's that even how's that possible
2: terrible leadership. <laughs> I think that's the answer. <laughs> I mean it really the thing is is that like it really comes down to that. Is is, you know, there there's there's uh, a lot of conservatives who are like, you know, I just want folks in leadership to not get in the way. You know, the less legislation that gets passed, the less meddling there is, the better. And we're right now seeing when Dems have the house, the Senate, the White House, it's endless meddling. Endless meddling. Endless well, meddling. Well, and they're mean, like closing down domestic oil production when they're closing down american energy independence and now we got blackouts. Well, and, and, it's like, and that's this what's is happening all connected
4: right that's what's happening here smug it isn't just a coincidence that we're going to have powder outages and blackouts across the united states this summer it's because and this is from uh the article here on cbs news uh while more capacity was being added to the grid largely in the form of wind and solar oh. there we go Boy. Older fossil fuel plants were being retired faster than they could be replaced.
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah. So we go back to the point that we talked about with gas prices. The pain is the point.
4: Is the point. They want this to happen. The, they're going to look at these black hats and say, wow, what an opportunity to transform the American economy in the energy sector. Well, you That's know what, what they're going to
3: do. You know what? It's already been transformed. And here we are. Are you loving the transformation? Yeah. Because I sure as hell am not.
0: Yeah. This sounds great. I mean, I... Once again, though, the fact that Democrats basically use the American people as ideological test tubes—yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's like I don't know. I, I you know we're all committed to the we're all committed to the religion of environmentalism, and so what we'd like to do is shut down the way that you go about your life. Uh, to see if we can replace it. Well, there's like conservatives... <laughs> Maybe we can do that.
4: Conservatives like to say that the states are the laboratories of democracy, right? Mm-hmm. And the Democrats, it seems like, are you know think the American people are the lab rats of democracy. Wow. That instead, what we do is things like this, right? We make their lives hell uh, to heighten the contradictions that they find in the system of capitalism, <laughs> right? So that they can tear that down too, right? And that's their ultimate goal. That's what the Green New Deal is. That's what... That's what climate justice is, which that's makes exactly no right. fucking sense. Exactly right. It's really all just Marxism is what it is 100%. at its heart. And, and all of these are just different little tastes of how they view the world, which really is a Marxist view of the
2: world. It is just, And that's the thing is when they have their finger on the button, when they have that control over everyone's lives to the point that we know how much it hurts you when we can get prices on gas to get jacked up this high. Right. Because we're making the choices. So if they can just make it a little nicer for you, you know, you see, you see it as, oh, thank you, big brother. Like, thank God. You know, Joe Biden said I can have a little more gas today. Like, this is what the mindset they're trying to put. In, I think they in, in want. Ca- the left I, has already I, bought it. I just
4: think they want capitalism to fail. And that they want it to fail so that they can replace it.
0: Huge components of the of the Democratic coalition, yes. believe that, right? I, I totally agree. I mean,
4: in particular in the in the issue of energy, right? Because of the religion of environmentalism that they believe, yeah. And the only way to do that is to destroy capitalism. And that's
2: the thing is they they tried for so long, this whole theory of like, well. The science shows that this is happening, right? They're like, uh, these facts and statistics show that, you know, what we tell you is the truth that in 10 years, if we don't close every, you know, car in the world, the polar ice caps are going to melt and we're all right. going to be dead. And this is like in 1980, 1990, 2000. They're like, we have 10 years, 10 years. And then I think AOC said, like, we have five years. And then
4: Al, and then now, remember, Al Gore got on his scissor uh, stairs, right? <laughs> to show how the, the CO2 was going up and that we're never going to have. Uh, snow on Mount Kilimanjaro again, ever, right? Yeah, and then they were wrong that, about
2: that, and that's the problem. Is that like we have seen all of their like little warnings come and pass. All the time frames they've given us have passed, and there has been no cataclysm, right? All of it has been disproven <laughs> with our own eyes. But the way that they can maintain power is for you to be like, don't trust your lying eyes. Right. Yeah, no, that's listen it. to us, and they have to control now, not just because they can't control, you know, the facts that are out there they're going to try to control the distribution of the facts. They're like, okay, well, anything that uh, we don't like, now we're going to have this misinformation.
0: Yeah, that's their their corporate media filter. But the the beauty of what these guys do is that they have, like, this massive coalition that does exactly what Duncan just described and that they want to basically destroy the capitalist nature of our country and tear down every industry that does anything except for adhere to a left-wing ideology. But then they put forward these people who are just terrific liars. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And the faces of this. I mean, look, Joe Biden is a perfect example. Yeah. I think the vast majority of Americans, even when you didn't vote for him, the, the vast majority of Americans thought he was basically a placeholder presidency. He was going to try to calm things down and just sort of like govern. Right. Now, that wasn't my cup of tea by any stretch of the imagination. And most people listening to this program didn't agree with that. But I, I didn't think he would be a radical.
2: I, yeah. I remember right? a lot of us. Well, everyone in this room would get would get mocked when we called him a left wing radical. Ahead of, ahead of the election. We're like, this guy is a Trojan horse. Yeah. All these Looney Tunes know he, it's like, you know, Uncle Joe's not all there. Right. He's a piñata. They're all just going to ride him on in. And that's what's ended up happening. And, it's a perfect and, and,
0: example of it. Right. And then like like Chuck Schumer, who leads the Senate. He's somebody that like goes to Wall Street, and they're like, "Oh, we can work with this guy. Oh, this guy understands our business." And he you know, like talks up a big game. If you look at the agenda that that guy has pushed, it's indistinguishable from AOC. Uh, um, Bernie Sanders is the chairman
4: of the Budget Committee. The, like, we should, don't talk that's about this you. enough. Right. Is, right. Like, like yes. if you want to know what their
0: actual agenda is, look at that. Yeah, they don't have. There is no way to vote for a Democrat and not get this. Right. it's
2: kind of wild. You get uh, Bernie is head of the budget committee, and now inflation's out of control. Like, who would have guessed? You <laughs> oh, put a weird. socialist there. Weird. This kind of shit happens. But, but like
0: ten years ago, that was an unthinkable proposition, right? If you were to say that Bernie Sanders, a self-identified socialist, would run the budget committee in the United States Senate, that'd You'd, be a hell of a liability.
3: You would have said you're crazy. One hundred
0: percent. There's
2: no way he's 100%, 100%. Get there. And that's the thing is like how quickly the left has radicalized and normalized, and in a large part because. of of their influence inside the media complex. Like half of these journalists, you know, quote journalists today are all card carrying, you know, they're unionized, which is the most absurd thing. Like (laughs) why the hell if you're sitting in front of a laptop dropping takes about what you saw on TikTok, (laughs) do you need to be unionized? You're not a coal mine, bro. (laughs) But they want to, you know, they want to play dress up as, as, as a, as a Marxist, you know, calling each other comrades. They're the most absurd people, but they have these people Saying, oh, it's totally normal that uh, Exxon gets a better ESG score than Tesla. Do you know? Oh, yeah. it, it can of be because Exxon's giving money to their causes and paying the protection racket? Maybe. Like, they're, they're all these all these systems that we have in place that made this country great, you know, being able to have an abundant natural resources that we can draw upon, that turned us into a superpower. Right. They're trying to cut us off from all of it.
3: But everything they're doing is wearing very, very thin with American voters. That is exactly right. Starting with their figurehead, Joe Biden. Did you guys see this Harvard Harris poll?
0: It was amazing. It was only 39 percent of independents believe that President Biden is, quote unquote, mentally fit.
4: (laughs) I mean, we've been saying we say it nearly every episode.
0: Sixty one percent who say they have doubts about his fitness. Yeah. 32% Thirty-two percent of registered voters say Biden should continue to block the Keystone Pipeline. That's the Democratic base, folks. Like, <laughs> that's That's what they are. Th- 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 right?
2: That thirty-two percent is part of the like they've they've bought into it. Don't trust your lying eyes. They're like, nope, nope. I like the expensive gas. You yeah, know, I will well, be good, comrade. Like, it, yeah. it's unbelievable.
0: At sixty-eight percent, they should said they should allow it. Can you think of? I mean, there's not very many issues that have 68 percent op- opposition right. <laughs> right now. I mean, that's a big number, yeah. and yet they just go along, and nobody's talking about it. Right. Well, like I think
3: you, I think therein lies more evidence of a biased media, because you remember when John McCain was running for president, and they said, "Oh, he's too old. He's too old. He can't do it. He's not going to be able to make it as president." And here, and there was no. There was no way that his number of of people viewing him as mentally fit was 39%. Well,
0: I mean, I think... No way. The the biggest problem that this guy has is he actually has a camera on him from time to time.
3: That's exactly... You know what I mean? That's the the only thing stopping the press from sweeping this completely under the floor.
0: Totally. I mean, if if he could pull a full FDR and basically see him once a month, like he did during his campaign, frankly. Mm -hmm. Right. He'd have a much different... Vision, I think I think the story probably wouldn't be told. But the fact of the matter is, is he's got to go on camera every once in a while. And people are like, holy smokes. Look at this guy. <laughs> he can't go abroad without trying to start another war. It's like, it, it's incredible. They did a poll of Democratic primary voters, by the way. Only 23% of Democrats say if the 2024 primary were today, they would vote for Joe Biden. That's wow, a sitting that's president. Stunning. I've never heard of anything like that. 23%. I've never heard of anything like that. Do you have any like for those of us who have been in this line of work? There's a reason why incumbency has huge advantages. Most of all is because they're defined, they run things, so you don't want to like get on the other side of that. And people know their name, right? right. In this, like. They put a bunch of names that I guarantee have you That's, know, 50, maybe 60% name ID. across, and, and they're like in competition with the sitting president of the United States.
2: Well, what I want to say is this is something, Hillary, if you're listening. So Joe Biden is at 23. <laughs> you're at seven. Mayor Pete's at five. Okay. Mayor Pete took the first two primaries. Hillary, it's not too late. Hey, it's time. It's You're, your time. It could be your time to Come shine. Come back. <laughs> it's your time. Everyone has screwed you over all along the way. Bill screwed everything that he came across. It's your time, Hillary. You can do it. you got to run. Unfortunately,
0: run. I, I think because of uh, the good work of John Durham, her legal team will not be available. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: um,
0: there's a bunch of other polling here. You will not be surprised to find out that basically everything cuts against them and just such an unbelievably major way it's it's striking to me that there there's literally no issues here that land in the democratic bucket i think this
3: this is 16 months in to this guy's administration he's he's basically a lame duck already and and he was just sworn in last year
2: one thing i really think that a lot of focus should be on is when, when you're drilling down into these numbers uh you know folks might remember 2020 like probably the number one issue was was COVID on voters minds yeah it was Okay, so this poll says, what would you say are the most important issues facing the country today? <laughs> Number one, prices, price increases, inflation, 40%. Economy and jobs, 30%. Immigration, 21%. Those are the top three. That's Then comes coronavirus. That's unbelievable. So all the issues that Republicans are running on have been right on and that you've been seeing, the Republicans who run on this have been winning the primaries. Price increases, inflation, economy and jobs, immigration. Did you see what's tied with coronavirus?
3: Yeah. Crime. Crimes
0: Crime. and drugs. I mean, to be honest with you, like, it's not just that they all cut against the administration. They're because of the administration. That's right. You know right. what I mean? That's where it really Great becomes point. a
2: problem. Great point.
0: It, you, you often see, like, the issue of health care up in the top one or two, Right. And that like cuts ideologically. It's different, you know, but there's a lot of interpretations as to what that means. Some people want universal health care. Other people want to do away with government altogether in their health care. But like it's all into the rubric of healthcare. care. There's no other way to interpret price increases in inflation, economy and jobs, immigration or crime and drugs. Right. That's your fault. That's your fault. And those are all voting issues now in the top five.
4: Yeah, nobody's like, we need more crime and drugs. That's (laughs) that's why it's one of my
2: top issues. (laughs) Right.
4: There's no difference of opinion. Unless maybe it's Hank.
2: (laughs) Chesa and uh, and San Francisco is like, folks, I think we need more crime and drugs. That's what I'm running on.
0: (laughs) Um, All right, so this is a weird story. Did you guys see this in the Daily Mail? Uh, How to Murder Your Husband. Uh, It's an author.
2: Of Of this book. Of a book. How to murder your husband. How
0: to murder your husband has been
2: convicted for murdering her husband. Uh, no one saw it coming. <laughs> <laughs> <She laughs> Pull the old OJ if I did it, but pretty much strike on that. Like, how I'll do it. <laughs> how, how I'll do it. Nancy
0: Brophy, 71, was convicted on Wednesday of second degree murder, shooting her chef husband, Daniel Brophy, 63. Boy, she had an age at, uh, range on him, too, uh, in June of 2018 prosecutors have claimed she killed her husband in a scheme to collect his 1.4 million dollar life insurance Man. policy she had previously written a blog post entitled how to murder your husband
2: uh, <laughs> my goodness. sensing
0: the schedule for June 13 wow
2: huh like was she radicalized online so it was a blog post she wrote yeah well I mean I didn't know 71 year olds could be like radicalized online like yeah. <laughs> 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 is a, what is going on here you
3: maybe just, he overcooked the on, an omelette or something. <laughs>
2: Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like this guy, first off, you know, eight years young. She, she's, she should be living the dream. Eight years younger, the guy's got a fat life insurance policy. He's a chef. You know, he's clearly got like, you know, yeah. he's checking a lot of boxes. It's a good life. Still not good enough. Still Wait,
0: you got to hear the details of this. Prosecutors pointed to the evidence that Nancy Brophy had bought a quote unquote ghost gun uh, assembly oh. kit oh, okay. online Christmas Eve 2017. Unable to put the gun together. Nancy bought another oh. gun she bought another gun at a Portland gun show in <laughs> February of 2018 and a month later began practicing at the gun range the, Wait. the 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 blog post how to murder your husband began as a suspense writer i spent a lot of time thinking about murder and consequently about pr- police procedure
2: she wow. spent more time thinking about the police
3: procedure wow. right what what did that what does the chef think when she brings home a gun and starts going to the range every week? <laughs> <laughs> she writ- she writes a blog post about how she's going to kill me, and then she starts practicing.
2: <laughs> Don't the, the, you think? He- they, they like have a have a meeting with the financial planner, and then they're laying out their assets. He's like, I got a one point four mil life insurance policy.
3: And Next said- day, she's like, unrelated.
2: I've purchased a gun. <laughs> 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 She's over in the corner of corner the room with some gun oil, Yeah, rubbing, rubbing the barrel. I mean, this is just a new, just a new hobby. I mean, this is You're picking ho- things up. It's horrible, but it's wild that she's, like, trying to assemble a gun, and she's like, fuck this. this is, like, I gotta go oh, buy one. I'm, I'm just gonna buy the damn thing.
0: <laughs> she couldn't figure it out. That's the best part. She bought the ghost gun, and then apparently, I mean, look looked like... She-
2: my guess is she thought it would be some, like, MacGyver shit. She's like, the Dems say ghost guns are untraceable. Like, yeah. you know, like, the ghost gun. It sounds it, like, oh, gosh, I It can call it ghost gun.
0: <laughs> it took her a month and a half, and she finally called it quits of the ghost gun. She <laughs> got it on Christmas Eve 2017, and by February of 2018, she's point. like, fuck it, I'm going to buy a
3: what, real one. Can I ask, what is a ghost gun?
0: It's a, they come in in, in, in parts, right? It's so a kit, yeah. It's a kit that it's is not the, registered. The label
2: ghost gun is a ridiculous name. You know, it's like, uh, it's been applied by gun control folks like there's it's not like something evil or nefarious you know like you can buy kits they're for Uh, hobbyists that's that's the thing they're for hobbyists which is why she probably can put together she's like she's not a person who's trying to enjoy a pastime she's a person who's trying to commit a crime
3: (laughs) but it's this we're not talking about like a three-piece Assembly. This is like yeah, screws this and is in springs there. and wires. You kind of right? have to
0: know what you're doing, right? right I yeah. think. I mean, clearly Nance couldn't figure. It yeah, out. She, she's not a machine. <laughs> you don't just throw
2: on some batteries and it's ready to roll. <laughs> <laughs> she what, they, what?
0: Couple of double A's. This thing ought to be <laughs> uh, So we've been keeping an eye on California uncharacteristically. Yep. Um, and the reason we did is because we had Schellenberger on the. Uh, On the program a couple of weeks back, you'll recall a very, 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 very bright guy uh, who is doing the unthinkable and challenging Gavin Newsom in California. Uh, There's since been news that the the guest that we had after Mr. Schellenberger, David Sachs, uh, has begun financing an outside effort to help his candidacy. Um, you got to love it. It's like the nexus of, of Ruthless Variety Program guests getting together and trying to make America
2: a better place. That's how it happens. Well, you That's love to happens. see it. do yeah. you love to see it?
3: I also saw that the day after he was on the show, Schellenberger tweeted that he just all of a sudden saw a boost in his small dollar fundraising. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was my
0: favorite. I, was, I didn't have the heart to tell him. It was like, uh, yeah... you you, you did the variety we, program. Yeah, we, yeah. we hear a lot. <laughs> yeah,
3: the audience of the variety program is a very, very powerful force. <laughs> yeah,
0: we, we've gotten that before, sir. Uh, anyway, that is going to be something to to watch, right? I mean, what do we know about dunks about the way that this thing's going to go down in California?
4: Well, you know, it's a jungle, jungle primary situation there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, like, look, he just needs to force old Gavin Newsom into a runoff situation. Here. If
0: it's one on one with this dude, there's a real chance, right? Because this guy is not anybody you're going to be able to smear as some like right wing extremist. No. Well, you know, that
4: was my that was my fear, because obviously, you know, it's California. Yeah. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the guy's he's a genius.
0: He's a total genius. And I saw I saw a, a tweet thread that he put out last week where he was going through. <laughs> it was a response to Black Lives Matter and something that they put out. And he like went point by point in the financing of BLM. Right. And, like ultimately where their money went and everything. And I was just like, dude, oh god, we need more people like this. Yeah. You know? Just smart people, unafraid.
4: Unafraid. You gotta go right at it.
0: It's just it's super impressive. Um so McDaniel's really big into these random animals. Uh I mean, you remember the Christmas... uh, The Christmas uh, Rat. Yeah. Right, which we all hated. Well,
4: and, and for background, for our new listeners, Christmas Rat was a segment that our producer McDaniel had put into every episode production document for, I, I guess, maybe like two months. Yeah. Well, weeks, dude. And and Holmes would just. And then began <laughs> complaining about it. And yeah. Holmes, Holmes would skip over it. Holmes would just be
2: like, no, I'm not fucking reading that.
4: <laughs> and then one day, Holmes was like, all right, I'll finally read Christmas Rat. <laughs> we, were, we, were,
2: we were so over it. The whole. The, the, the segment ended up being more discussion of how we're sick. We're sick. Of, <laughs> of, of the discussion of Christmas Rat than the actual damn thing.
4: Yeah, because it was just a rat.
3: Listen, I'm glad you brought up rats before we get to this next one. Did any of you guys see the video of this dog? park in New York where all the dogs are going after this rat that's running through the middle of the dog park. I did see that. They're picking it up, they're throwing it around and all the owners are trying to like stop the dogs. Dude, the the funniest part and if you haven't
4: seen the video, I highly recommend it, but the funniest part of it to me was that you had all of the owners um, like back to back to back to back, like the Avengers with like the rat in the middle trying to stop the dogs from going after the rat. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) I mean, are you trying to get rabies? I mean,
0: I wouldn't screw with a New York City rat either, by
3: the way. <laughs> I mean, but there were li- one guy had a pit bull. Yeah. There was another that looked like a, some kind of a shepherd mix. So, I mean, these dogs. They are real dogs. They were looking at the owners like, what are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Rats running through the
2: dog park. Why I can't would you, do why anything would, about it. Why would you not let him?
3: Well, I, I mean,
4: maybe should you just don't y- 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 want to it. You don't to- want to get your dog sick.
2: God, the dog won't get sick, bro. Like from, please, a, from a New York, York rat? City rat. No, I'm telling you, oh. not not from a rat, not from anything. Oh. These, you know what dogs eat? Dogs eat shit. Literally. Yeah. They will eat shit. Like the dogs will be cool, and it's better than getting, what? Some squeaky toy from 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 Petco? Dude, get them the real deal. Let, let them me, hear the bones crunch. It's me, what they need. It's the call of the wild. Let
0: me posit <laughs> the theory that the New York City rat is infinitely more infectious than a piece of
2: shit. They yeah. got they got they got it. they gotta have the rat, dude. Let them have it. Let him have the rat. It's, when, it's, it's why it's why I hate uh, dog racing because they never let him have the fake bunny, right? It's, I mean, it's bad for the dog's dude, brain. Dude, my dog, to
4: my dog, my dog eats like one table scrap and he has diarrhea for a week.
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's no eating a rat and getting away with it. The rat could have been one of Hank's footmen, oh, and and the owners didn't know and they didn't want their dogs to mess with one of yeah. Hank's guys. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's probably right. Well, in this
0: case. Uh, Scientists are trying to bring back the Australian tiger from extinction.
2: So this now I I, I, re- I love this segment now. Have you seen are you seeing the picture of this thing? Yeah. Yes. I yeah. encourage everyone Google Australian tiger. This looks like at least three animals in one. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it almost looks like two photos that they cut right down the middle and just put together. Yeah. So like the back end of the thing looks kind of like some kind of like a, a, a tiger cat rat. Right? Well, <laughs> but if
0: you look at the tail, it almost has a rat That's tail. That's what I'm saying.
2: It's like a rat tail, but like the tiger stripes and like it, it looks kind of cat like it's, it's like a there's a
0: wolf front. Yeah, sort yeah. of a wolf But the face. front is a wolf for, yeah. for
2: it to be some sort of a tiger. A
0: wolf head, some kind of a cat leg, uh, a tiger back and a, and a rat tail.
2: Like from, for, from the neck and, and the two front arms are like a corgi, right? And then the back half is like a tiger and a cat in the tail of a rat. Like, this is wild. Only Australia gets this shit. This, this is, is like God's testing ground. Like, but Australia a- was like, he just throws, what if, what if five animals? Poof. <laughs> 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 well, a
0: team of genetic scientists led by biosense sciences professor Andrew Pask, this is according to the Washington Post, is attempting to make the concept of de-extinction a reality. Uh, over the coming decade, they plan to use gene editing uh, to turn dunnert cell into... Thi- You're going to have to help me on this, Duncan. I have no... Thi- thylene cell? Thylacine. Thylac- Thylacine. you, smug. <laughs> Man, there's a little bit of doctor in you after all, pal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's
0: an inside joke. Um, uh, anyway, the, this thing, they're trying to bring this thing back. I don't know what it's capable of doing. It doesn't really talk about whether this thing is a deadly animal. Uh, it's got
4: to be. I mean, like, look, the, like I just looked it up. The thing weighed, you know, about thirty-five fifty-five pounds. Uh, okay. You know, so like a medium dog.
2: Yeah, it's you know? like a, like a big fox.
4: I mean, bigger than a
2: fox. It's not like, but I mean, I think the smaller name, than a. Wolf. The name tiger is a bit of an overkill. Yeah, right. Like I would, I'd think you could domesticate this thing.
0: I don't know, a pet. It's like a dingo.
2: I, like, I'm not, if I saw that thing, I'm not worried it's going to tear me to pieces.
0: Look at the crazy eyes on it, though, Smug. That, that thing <laughs> takes a look at you at the night. You got a real problem. I mean, it's
2: in Australia, man. It's seen some shit. Like, yeah. you got STD koalas. Like, <laughs> it's a rough town. I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing. <laughs> It's got like a thousand yard stare. It's like any, if you only knew.
0: Any animal in Australia has seen
4: some yeah, shit.
2: Yeah,
0: Unbelievable. Well, anyway, they're trying to bring the damn thing back. So so there's
2: that. Uh, I do love this quote. He says, when people say, didn't we learn anything from Jurassic Park? Well, it's very different bringing back a velociraptor to a thylacine. The, I hope those are like famous last famous words. last words. Things actually end up being like super crazy and just like taking over half of Australia. Like we should have never take in your guns. Uh, the only- tigers are killing us all. <laughs> it's, like the,
0: it's like the next emu war. You know, they
4: just lose to the
0: <laughs> to the tigers. Only the STD koalas survive. Yeah. Uh, all right. So this is a story that we've been wanting to do here for a, a couple episodes about what's happening on the border and. You know, like, look, we don't overdo it on this, but honestly, you don't hear about it anywhere else. So we've Mm got to We've got to talk about this. There are this is according to Axios, tens of thousands of migrants waiting on the U.S. doorstep. As many as 50,000 migrants are waiting in Mexican shelters for a chance to cross the border, hoping to run out the clock on Title 42. The covid era rule limiting entry into the U.S. Yikes, guys. Yikes. I mean, we all knew that there was a crisis, but now now it turns out there's 50,000 people that are not even at the border. We already have the crisis at the border. Right. 50,000 is no joke. So no. it's
3: it's another caravan.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what it so it, that's double the estimate from back in March and and that was when the government was preparing for a mass migrant migration event. Uh, this well, has gotten totally out of hand.
3: And you know, the other thing that we learned this uh, last week with the uh, news about the assassination attempt or plot against former President Bush, these are not all people strictly from Latin South America,
4: right? So, I mean, that was like a
3: ISIS plot, right? Yeah, and people were coming in through the border Jeez. in Mexico,
0: and they were asylum seekers. The, the, that was the thing that the the person who was leading the plot uh, against. The former president was seeking asylum in the United States and was having their asylum claims processed, which were why they were allowed to Gee. to stay in the country. I
4: mean, it turns out when you have 50,000 migrants on your border it becomes a magnet for people who want to do bad things in your country. <laughs> who who would, who would have thought? <laughs>
2: who would have thought? I Googled this just to like uh, capture the size. Of it So 50,000 is the size of Dodger Stadium. Jeez. Mm. Yeah. That's a ton of people. That is a ton.
0: Um, Customs and Border Patrol aren't just stopping violent uh, criminals from invading the country. Um, Sometimes a lucky find saves billions in uh, American agriculture. Listen to this little component. Customs agent at Detroit Metropolitan uh, Airport, who were checking the baggage of a passenger arriving from the Philippines, found something uh, just around half an inch size uh, that piqued their interest. The object in question, a larvae or pupae right yeah
3: pupae
2: pupae
0: pupae is an unidentifiable insect uh and it was inside the pods of the passenger apparently this thing can take out like all of your industrial or all of your agricultural crops the passenger said so the passenger
2: says this is for medicinal tea (laughs) okay (laughs) and then scientific tests showed that the agents had homed in on a potentially grave threat to the nation's agricultural (laughs) and natural habits it says a species of moth whose last recorded sighting by scientists occurred in 1912 in Sri Lanka. What the hell? How does
4: this happen unless it's on purpose? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, bro.
2: And you don't pass it off as
4: tea.
0: Like, right. what? 1912 in Sri Lanka. This is going to so- turn out
4: being like some spy
2: from China who was trying to...
4: Like, take our crops out. Right. He's like,
2: listen, this was Fauci's next step is you get the moth... <laughs> To have, this is parody. <laughs> 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 parody, parody laughing at I
0: mean, this is a real problem, right? I mean, it all of a sudden this thing shows up in Detroit.
3: Yeah. This is a real problem. It's completely out of control. And this administration has no ability to actually fix the problem. They uh, it, they really they really don't. They're so disorganized. Their bureaucracy is so inept. I just and, love that the Department of Homeland Security is focused on
0: a misinformation board and
3: yeah. not
4: shit like this. Yeah, Is that that just like that
0: is
3: something that's exactly right
0: oh man well anyway this is a bigger problem than we had first expected there's there's actually all kinds of of different problems that pose from all these various like an Asian beetle for example uh, what they've had their eye on that's taken out 99% of of trees in the area where it lives
3: well how about Asian carp. That's right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's, right. Yeah, that's a huge problem in the Midwest. Totally, Mississippi River, Ohio River.
2: I saw. Was I think it was, was that under the Trump administration? They had those machines that they started yeah, to using shock them, to shock them, and, and they yeah. bounce. They all like, fly you out, you out of see them the water. Float up, and it's like, oh wow, that's awesome. Good technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway,
0: um, that's what we got. Let should we get to Foldy? We should get right to it. Let's get right to Foldy. I want to welcome a very special guest. It's not his first time on the program by any stretch of the imagination, but it is in a different capacity. Than it normally is. Uh, you know him, and you love him, Matthew Foldy.
1: It is a pleasure to be here now as a congressional candidate in a newly Republican district, this, about twenty minutes outside of the studio.
0: This is so you remember Foldy because he was an incredible investigative journalist who worked at the Free Beacon and broke incredible amount of really important stories, doing the work that the journalists across quote unquote journalists across this great city refused to do things like telling us that Democrats had not shown up for work in two years because of COVID and continue to not Uh, things like Jennifer Granholm and where her investments might be all stuff that was just like super important news that nobody looked into except you because you kind of have that good government mindset and now you decide to bite off a very big chunk, and you're running for Congress.
1: Yes, sir. We uh, Thanks to the governor of Maryland, Larry Hogan, he sued the Democrats in Annapolis over one of the most egregious partisan and racial gerrymanders, and he won in court. It was the first Democratic gerrymander to be overturned this entire cycle, and we won. And now, at the end of the red line, five minutes from the Shady Grove metro station, we have a Republican district in Maryland. And I realized this is a huge opportunity to flip a House seat And no one seemed to really want to do it. So on the last day, I drove over to Annapolis, paid $100, and became a candidate for Congress.
0: It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, here's when I knew you were ready to run for Congress. Foldy came into the esteemed HQ of the Ruthless Variety program and had a bunch of us sitting around the table who have been doing this for years and basically laid out, what if I did this? And we proceeded to spend the next hour telling you all the horrible things that could happen by running for Congress and trying to dissuade you from even taking this up because of our experiences right over the years and you listened patiently you offered some thoughts and at the end the next day I found out you went down and filed and that at that moment I was like okay I think he's ready if you know everything there is to know and you still want to do it that means you're ready Look,
1: you guys are Senate people, and I don't hold it against you.
0: Oh, Jesus. We do House stuff, you too. Do.
1: Oh, fair, fair. But uh, look, Smug, he tweeted this a little bit after I announced when I was talking with him about it. He said, Folder, you're very smart. You should go make a lot of money. And I said to him, but how does that help people? And then he said, OK, all right. You know, this is actually the kind of person that we need and want in government. But look, everything you said, you guys are the best. But I think things have been going very well. We just rolled out our fourth House Republican endorsement. So, so far, Don Bacon in Nebraska- Marionette Miller Meeks in Iowa, Claudia Tenney in New York, and Mike Waltz in Florida have all endorsed my campaign. Yeah, it's
0: amazing. I mean, you you're really rolling, man. I, I saw those endorsements, the Waltz one that came through. I love that guy. That's a that's a huge endorsement.
1: And we have Republicans from around the country and all across the state of Maryland who have said this is exactly who we need and want in Congress, and this is who is going to be able to flip this House seat. So this month I went, I did a week-long tour of my opponents' closed and locked offices. My opponent, David Trone, in my mind, is the most egregious example of an absentee Democrat. Everyone, and we've talked about this on the program, the Hawaii congressman. David Trone lives 20 miles from the Capitol in Potomac, Maryland. He has never lived or voted in the 6th Congressional District that he represents in Congress. He skipped 25% of the votes last year alone. Unbelievable. He can't even be bothered to work. One of the other stories I reported... He lives 20
0: minutes away, he can't get there?
1: He can't show up because he is running Total Wine, which he founded and is the CEO of, and he continues to run from Congress. Total Wine is open seven days a week. He He does a lot
0: better uh, running Total Wine than he does as a congressman, I'll tell you that much.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, the difference between David Trone, Total Wine CEO, and David Trone, alleged congressman for Maryland's (laughs) 6th Congressional District, is stark. Total Wine is open seven days a week. David Trone responded after I went to his Frederick County office, and then his Allegheny County office, and then his Montgomery County office, and then his Washington County office. David Tron responded. He called my tour. Misinformation.
0: But, but you, I Listen, I watched the video of your tour where you went to the door and pulled on the handle and it didn't open. It was entirely dark inside. In the I don't middle know of how that's misinformation.
1: You could have gone to a Total Wine at that same time. He has zero total wines in our district. You could have gone to a total wine and been treated warmly. You could have bought a 30 rack. You could have gotten White Claw, whatever it is you wanted. His government offices that we pay for have been closed for two and a half years. And he said it's misinformation because in Cumberland, his office is open one day a week.
0: One day a week. Is that now... Did he try to defend it by saying that this is like a COVID thing? Or is it like... like At this point... It strikes me as incredibly disconnected with the American people, particularly in in Maryland Six, to try to say that you're somehow operating on COVID rules two years after when everybody else has had to go to work.
1: It's disingenuous and disconnected from how David Trone runs Total Wine. Yeah, right. I mean, he literally, his company is open seven days a week. His offices are closed five days a week. (laughs) And he had Joe Biden over at his mansion in Potomac for a maskless super spreader fundraiser. And all of his government offices are closed. So he simply doesn't care about this job. There are pictures other Republican members of Congress have posted of David Trone on Zoom meetings from his living room. He lives 20 minutes from the Capitol. He cannot even be bothered to show up to work. So you're right. It's disingenuous with how business owners in Cumberland, you know, run their businesses. But it's also disingenuous with how David Trone runs runs his own business. business. And until I jumped in the race, no one had ever made this point. (laughs) And this is true with Democrats across the country. Now I'm focusing on David Trone. But once I get to Congress, I'm going to continue doing the work I did as an investigative reporter, whether it was looking into the Energy Department, the Commerce Department, House Democrats, Senate Democrats, Department of Education, Democratic megadonors, um, you know, whether it's George Soros or Hans Wiss, who, you know, Smug loves talking about here. Yeah. And he These pronounces people, it
0: uh, correctly, I think.
1: That's true. These people fear Congressman Matthew Folby. They They know that what I've been able to expose as a reporter is already very bad for them. But what I can do with congressional subpoena power once we take the House majority by winning seats like this Republican district in Maryland, it's going to be very bad for them.
0: Oh, It's got to be. I mean, look, th- what you're willing to dive into and uncover just as a journalist is, is an easy, easy transition to the job of a House Republican majority next year. Right? What we need more than anything in the House of Representatives next year, if we're, willing, if we're going to get the majority back, God willing, is that oversight piece of it. And I, I, I'm hard-pressed to find anybody who does that better than you.
1: Well, this is exactly what I want to do on day one, as I've been talking with voters on the trail. My day one commitment to voters in this district is every single one of these offices is being reopened five days a week, and my staff and I are going to go through personally— the casework that's been sitting there for two years. During the David Trone closed office tour, I talked about whether it was farmers, veterans, business owners, and even Boy Scouts of Frederick County who wrote to David Trone last year. Boy Scouts. He could not even be bothered to respond to them as part of their Scouts Are you kidding me? He simply doesn't. He doesn't even want this job. Let's do him a favor and fire him from this (laughs) so he can run Total Wine full-time because that's actually what's important to him.
0: Well, the funny thing about this dude is he first came on my radar because he has more money than than God. And he basically bought his congressional Correct. seat to begin with. Right. If you if you live anywhere in the Washington, D.C. DMA, you know, the D.C. broadcast is not the cheapest thing in the world. And so there are candidates that run in northern Virginia and run in, in Maryland that sort of occasionally are able to afford enough to get some ads on there. And this dude just blanketed it for it felt like forever. And so like he was the only name that they that they knew. It wasn't like he was particularly cut out to be a congressman. It was like he just threw up as much television as he possibly could and the name recognition alone coasted him into victory. What you're saying now is people know or are gonna know They're based on your on your campaign what this guy's actually doing for them, which is nothing.
1: The David Trone is actually the most expensive loser in all of house history yes. because he spent about $15 million in 2016 to lose to Jamie Raskin.
0: Well, that's right. That's right. It, he did it
1: twice. He did it twice.
0: I remember that now it, Now I know why I felt like it was it on the like air. It felt
1: like it was. He was on, but then he went completely off the air in 2020 because we didn't seriously challenge him. Now we are seriously challenging him. And the fact that he responded to my Trone office closure tour by admitting that he's closed shows he's completely not ready for primetime. He's used to buying this seat or not running a serious general election, and now he won't have the opportunity because we're actually going to be the most serious general election opponent he's ever faced.
0: Well, you've you've also got a lot of young people across D.C. very excited about your candidacy. Clearly, you, you had a, a big following going into this race, which, you know, it's not surprising that people are behind you, but I think they're catching on to that, right? I mean, what you've done in the course of how long you've been in this race?
1: About three weeks.
0: In three weeks, you've gone from the Matthew Foldy they know and love as like wearing the quirky jackets and all that to like a very serious congressional candidate. It's fantastic.
1: If this is a serious race. This is We have serious times and David Trone could not care less about them. Whether you are a Democrat or a Republican, an independent, a communist, anarchist, libertarian, and you write to David Trone, it will never be read. Right. It will sit there gathering dust in a pile of mail because he doesn't care about you. And so this is an incredibly serious time. And so you're right. I, I am now wearing uh, jeans and khakis. Every yeah, day.
0: you look That's like fine. a real professional. I, I mean, sort of a real professional. I mean,
1: I, uh, it's a, a relaxed, sacrifice I'm willing to make.
0: A relaxed, casual professional. I will
1: be the best dressed member of Congress. Um, I, I can say that pretty confidently and that's why I'm excited that Mike Waltz Mike Waltz endorsed me. Mike Waltz is a great congressman from Florida who also rocks the star-spangled banner jacket <laughs> that I do and that's I think one of the reasons why he was uh, excited to endorse me is we'll have a star-spangled jacket caucus of at least 2 coming in so I was happy to roll out his endorsement because he's also an American hero. And one of the other reasons why I'm in this race is you're right I was working as a reporter and I exposed massive corruption across the administration. And congressional Republicans in the House and Senate have actually launched multiple investigations into the Biden administration, whether it's the Department of Energy, whether it's the military giving $1.6 billion to China as part of COVID tests that um, are from China. Mm -hmm. And um, an example of sort of where you run into your limitations as a reporter is I went to an event that Jennifer Granholm, our Secretary of Energy, did in Maryland. And I walked up to her after she was done speaking. I intentionally dressed very casually so she would assume I'm a liberal. She sees I'm 25. I, I announced to her that I'm a reporter, so she, of course, assumes I'm a liberal. Right. And I say, Secretary Granholm, Matthew Foldy here, I would love to ask you about who you sold your 242,000 <laughs> shares of non-public pro stock to for a self-disclosed profit of $1.6 million. And her staff swarmed on me. Oh, I imagine. have you reached out to us about this? I said, yes, multiple times. You've emailed the Department of Energy. I said, yes, multiple times. Never heard back. And they said, we'll get back to you. That was last summer. So on day one, I am writing to Secretary of Energy Jennifer Granholm. And I am saying... Same question. Congressman Matthew Foldy here.
0: (laughs) I love that.
1: Same question that I asked you in person last summer and in email correspondence at least a dozen times. I'd like to know... Who is financially influencing your decisions following my reporting? And that's one of the things that on the campaign trail voters are very excited about is we have a congressman who from day one is, go- is going to be ready to get to work both on the constituent services that have been completely neglected by David Trone and also oversight that Democrats are completely unwilling to do of the Biden administration. And I say they're unwilling to do it because they're not working yeah so and i i actually i can send you the uh the audio of me talking about this with granholm and you guys can yeah put it in here i'm happy to let you guys play that it's it's insane her staff descend on me like defensive linemen oh yeah ready to murder me
0: that's the they don't democrats don't they don't think they have to answer questions right but they do if you if you've got a congressional pin
1: and uh and that's the thing is Congressional subpoena power can be a lot more powerful than the First Amendment. And that's something, I mean, there's so many problems with the Biden administration. So having a reporter, an investigative reporter who knows where to start and whose reporting has already sparked multiple congressional investigations of the Biden administration is going to be a massive assist. And you're right, everyone in the D.C. metro area has probably heard David Trone's ads on TV. Everyone in the D.C. metro area can also come volunteer for my campaign. And every minion around the country, we've already made thousands of voter contacts across the district. You can phone bank. Well, so this is what I want to get, and beyond.
0: This is what I want to get into because you've been able to capture this energy that people have for you, and now for your congressional campaign, and you've used it in a way that I, I just find very impressive. Because now you've got literally droves of people walking doors. You're three weeks in. Like generally speaking, that takes a little while to set up. You're doing it like day one.
1: We want to win this race. It is an R plus one district. We have no business losing. And my friends understand it, whether they're in Republican politics in Maryland, whether they're friends of mine from Maryland, friends of mine from D.C., they understand we need to win this race. It's the only House race. It's the only election within 100 miles of D.C. where you can spend an afternoon and help actually flip a seat. You can sit on the red line. Metro we will pick you up at Shady Grove and drop you in a neighborhood in Gaithersburg or Germantown
0: to Uh, knock some doors. I love it. So- Tell me a little bit about because for a young man, you have the sense of public service that not every young man has, right? And I imagine a lot of your peers, although more than than most in this area, because they're involved in government in one form or fashion, many of them anyway. Um, you have to have a history of this, and I know your family's been been in public service. I mean, is this you're born with this? Like, is this is is this something that you develop? Like at the kitchen table, you talk about these things growing up.
1: Well, look, obviously, when we win in November, I'll be the first Gen Z congressman, which is an interesting phenomenon. But I think a lot of people, at least my friends in my age cohort, are actually very motivated to change the country for the better. And I think we are not willing to wait, you know, to be 65 years old and say, all right, we're going to you know, run for state assembly. We, we want to change the country now because Biden and House Democrats and Senate Democrats are destroying our future right now especially with Biden inflation, how, how can you be in your late 20s and say, I'm going to buy a house now? It, they are crushing our present and our future. So, you know, if we want to wait 25 years to go do this the normal way, I mean, who knows what our economy is going to look like in 25 years? They're turning our currency into the Venezuelan dollar yeah, before right. our very eyes. So you're right. I, I owe all of this to my parents who were great public servants. They were diplomats, uh, they got actually eloped in Ethiopia as they were both working in the Foreign Service. And uh, they've been huge inspirations to me as really showing what public service should be. My mom was a very senior administration official in the Trump administration. My dad worked in the Senate. And then when I was in college, actually, in Chicago, the Chicago Republican Party recruited me to run for office there when I was 19. So now I'm 25. I feel like I'm incredibly old. <laughs> and. Uh, And they recruited me, and the Democrats were horrified at the fact that I could win elected office. And uh, the reason I say that is they recruited a fake candidate to run against me for ward committee man in Chicago's fifth ward. And we took them to court. We said, you are committing rampant ballot fraud. Every single one of your signatures is fake, false, forged, what have you. And so the Chicago GOP or Illinois GOP lawyer said to my opponent, You can withdraw or go to prison. (laughs) And so, I mean, look, we took the fight for election integrity to courts because in that job that I was running for, you appoint Republican election judges and you can uh, disqualify Democratic election judges. Oh, interesting. And when you're in the south side of Chicago, where there are a ton of cemeteries where they roll their people out every two years, they say, hey, guys, you know, come on up, go to the polls. We'll put you back in the ground after you need, you know, oversight and accountability. So. Going back to when I was 19, I became the youngest elected official in Chicago history. And uh, then obviously, fast forward now, running to be the youngest member of Congress, which is very cool and exciting. But what makes me sort of excited to wake up every day is knowing that we can actually get Western Maryland an actual representative who will work full time. I had to resign my job to run for Congress. And what I tell voters on the campaign trail is I resigned my job because David Trone quit on us. He Mm -hmm. quit representing us. And whether you're in Garrett County or Gaithersburg, we all have something in common, which is we have a representative in Congress who could not care less about us.
0: No, no kidding. So as you're out talking to people, and look, I think the constituent service thing is something that most people miss. I'm glad you plugged that in Mm -hmm. as like a number one priority. We all understand the oversight thing, which you're particularly gifted at. As you're talking to people, I got to imagine there's a lot of anxiety about the economy, a lot of anxiety about inflation. I mean, what are you hearing from folks?
1: It is. Every time we knock on a voter's door, we ask them what's important to them and then talk about me and my campaign. It's the economy. It is the economy. It is inflation. It is inflation. And inflation is an incredibly regressive tax, especially for people on fixed incomes like my Naimama, who, you know, uh, minions are very aware of right. the, the fashionable member of the Foldy family. But when you're living on fixed income, inflation destroys your the checks that you receive. So the Democrats are crippling our economy, and whether you're in Allegheny County or Frederick County, it is it is the economy and Democrats' unwillingness to take responsibility for the fact that they voted for $2 trillion that paid for Black Lives Matter Plaza down the street yep. from us, paid for tree equity, and devalued our currency and is destroying our economy. So we need a huge investigation into the trillions of dollars of bogus COVID relief totally. spending the second that we take over Congress. But yeah, what the Democrats are doing to small businesses, you know, the the overregulation that they are doing is absolutely insane. I, I heard from a voter that they put in over a hundred regulations on dishwashers and washing machines. Yeah. I mean, what the the priorities of the Biden administration are completely backwards. We see that on a domestic side, and we see it on a foreign policy side, where they are aiding and abetting our enemies and abandoning our allies by the day. They are the Biden administration is all of the failures from the Obama administration who could not sell out and work at Amazon. And we see the disastrous consequence of that. They're trying for the Guinness Book of World Records of most countries lost in the shortest amount of time, right? I mean, you know, we obviously saw Afghanistan fall. We saw Ukraine invaded, but hasn't fallen. I mean, China is salivating at what's going on here. The Biden administration is sprinting to give Iran nuclear weapons. The Biden administration was paying for Russian oil as Russia was invading Ukraine. And finally, after some pushback, they said, "You know what? We're we're going to just buy Venezuelan oil now instead of drilling in America, in Western Maryland. Even they they hate American energy. The Department of Energy that we've talked about is one of the worst culprits for this. It is the Department of Energy does not believe in energy. It's yeah, like, that's
0: a tough thing. It's like you know, kind of the, kind of what you do here. But this is the Department of Energy.
1: Everything is backwards. The Department of Justice." does not believe in justice here <laughs> under the Biden administration. The Department of Education is the Department of Indoctrination. The Department of Education says that if you're a parent concerned about schoolwork, you're a terrorist. You're a domestic terrorist. Yeah. Meanwhile, we have actual terrorists flowing across the southern border. We had a foreign-born Islamic jihadist hold the synagogue hostage in Texas on a live stream, and the Biden administration has never once said this guy was motivated to kill Jews and free a terrorist down the road named Lady Al-Qaeda.
0: Unbelievable. Well, now we, the, the news about George W. Bush and the the threat against his life and, and it, same thing, right? I mean, he was here on a, I think he was seeking asylum. His asylum claim was being processed. Yeah. Right. I mean, geez. What I like about you is you've got a lot of layers to this onion, <laughs> right? It's it, You not only are concerned about the domestic stuff that, that is surrounding all of us, which I think probably leads most people to run for Congress, but you also have that background in foreign policy and national security where you're bringing that into play too, which most congressmen, it takes them several years after being elected to sort of get it and understand that. You kind of get that with your the package.
1: Look, I mean, this campaign is the whole package, and it's a large part due to the support that we have from Maryland voters and from people around the country who have been helping out, whether it's via endorsing me as uh, other national security leaders like Robert O'Brien was one of my earliest endorsements. Great endorsement. And, uh, you know, we're rolling out massively high-caliber endorsements from both national people as well as people in the district. You know, the mayor of Mount Airy is very excited to endorse and vote for me. And uh, so we're trying to unite both all of Maryland GOP as well as the National Republican Party in saying that this is a race we need to prioritize. And an example of that is last week, the Maryland Republican Party and I did a joint David Trone office closure event outside go. of Trone's closed and locked Frederick office. So because of the work I did as a reporter and now because of the work I'm doing as a congressional candidate, we're seeing Maryland take a national lead in a national role which is something that I think as a Maryland native, we are often just viewed as this piggy bank for people to come in, take our donations and then leave. Whereas here we actually have the opportunity to elect a Montgomery County native, a Maryland guy to Congress in A Republican. And it's very
0: doable. I mean, like you said, this is a this is a D plus one. R plus one. It's now R plus
1: one. Literally, this is a Republican district. It is
0: now a Republican district. Right. I mean, which which, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't feel like a lot of people were talking about that before you started running.
1: No one was talking about David Trone. And that's what he likes, because like all of these Democrats, they like hiding in the shadows. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so tell me this: you're fun guy, right? (laughs) We all we've all had a lot of fun. Are you going to make this fun? Is this going to be fun for everybody? Are we going to laugh and have fun along the way?
1: Oh, we we are having a spectacular time. I mean, look, the David Trone office closure tour, in my unbiased opinion, is one of the most unique and innovative earned media events of the 2022 midterms. So we're we're already having a good time. This is why everyone should door knock and phone bank for us. But
0: yeah, because that's, that's the key, right? I mean, you're bringing a, a generational difference. You're bringing a good attitude, obviously, of the expertise that we just discussed. But what we try to do on the Variety program, which you're intimately aware of, is to try to make this fun for people, yeah. right? Because nobody wants to get yelled at all day and read the Constitution and everything else. It's like, okay, you, you should be able to get involved in your community and make it a better place and have a few laughs along the way.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is... This is Fun and that's why we're doing events like we did a uh, an open bar fundraiser for young Republicans. An open in DC.
0: bar fundraiser is exactly what I'm talking
1: about. Not only that, Josh, we did an axe throwing happy hour in Cumberland. We we're doing events that this this is not your father's Republican Party. It's not your grandfather's <laughs> Republican Party. Like we are ready to take over this party. And young Republicans in this district and across the country have reached out to me and said they are so excited to see one of our own doing this in a race that is so winnable and once I win I'm going to be one of the biggest assets to young Republicans who are looking to run for office for the first time for the second time themselves because we need we need to change the perception of the Republican Party into thinking that it looks like people like Joe Biden and no it's actually people like you and me who are having a grand old time and also making a huge difference in our communities.
0: You know, you got to get the old man Duncan to shotgun a beer at one of your next rallies.
1: I'll work on him. At the at the, open, at the next open bar fundraiser we do, we can we can try and get him to shotgun I mean,
0: that's how we open every one of our shows. We oh, might as well lend, lend his expertise.
1: We'll, we'll enlist the new father. Okay, <laughs> all right. Maybe we can get the younger Duncan to do it also. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll get the whole Duncan clan. I mean, look,
1: you can't get baby formula, so you can at least give him a Miller Lite.
0: That's exactly right. And you're going to be a seasoned vet by the time his kids get into it, right? And
1: look, if they need internships, We're taking internships, remote and in person, from around the country for this campaign.
0: I love it. I love it. All right. So here's one thing you've not done on the variety program. Oh yeah. You've got to answer the three questions. I'll answer them. I mean, this is a different. Can you believe this? This is look how much this has changed.
1: Look how much you and I have both grown up since (laughs) uh, since the program started.
0: (laughs) Yeah, That's right. That's right. We have all uh, put a little a few miles under these tires.
1: And it's really expensive doing that in Biden's America. Gas is absolutely through the roof, thanks to policies of House Democrats
0: on message. Yeah, absolutely on message. Um, All right. So let's start with the first Do one. Do you
1: even want me to, I can just answer them.
0: Yeah, but I'm going to, you know, it right. has to be a bit of showmanship okay. involved in this, Foldy. I mean, you, you, I know you know the ropes, but <laughs> um, your last meal on earth, what would it be?
1: Supporting Maryland businesses, going to Cod High in Bethesda, best Indian restaurant in the world, and Amina Thai in Rockville. All of my friends know I will always eat Thai food or Indian food. So I would get Sog Paneer. I get the same order every time. Three orders of Sog Paneer. Two orders of vegetable samosas, one order of pad Thai of uh, not a pad Thai of uh, pollock trot with no tomatoes. Then get from Amina Thai pad Thai with tofu, and then I would dump sriracha and Old Bay and goldfish all over it. Put it put it all together <laughs> and. Uh, that, that, that is definitely my last meal, is supporting Maryland businesses with a lot of flavor.
0: What I like about it is it's very authentic, and I know it's true. <laughs> what I don't like about it is you probably have the worst food choices of anybody who's ever been on the program.
4: I will
1: politely reject that assertion. <laughs> look, everyone knocks stunning. my food taste.
0: No one has ever tried it. You can't. I mean, if you look at it, you're going to throw up. It's like a dry heave.
1: Uh, we'll agree to disagree on this. But look, <laughs> oh, for my man. last meal on earth, I would lo- I would love all of the co-hosts of Ruthless to join me for it because we'll, we'll probably all be imprisoned together by the DOJ under Biden if we don't <laughs> defeat him in 2024. I mean, we are we are first on their target list.
0: <laughs> I got to imagine the variety program's not a favorite at the West. No. <laughs> um, all right. So here's an interesting question for you because you have, in one form or fashion, been involved in public service even before you graduated college, right? If you didn't do that, if this was not a line of work that interested you in the least, and you just had this blue sky of what to do with your life, what would it be?
1: Smug has made it very clear. I'll always be his assistant. I can be Congressman <laughs> Matthew Foley. I'll still be Smug's assistant. So well, let's let's take that as a given. I think what I would do is really dive into the world of fantasy football, because I know I couldn't actually work for Tom Brady. But a lot of my friends I met through Comfortably Smug, Top Minion, Fantasy Football,
0: It was one of the best inventions you ever came up with.
1: And because I think what that allowed us to do is unite Republicans across the country, which is exactly what we're doing with my campaign for Congress right now. I would be the most I would do fantasy football on a level we've never seen before.
0: So I love it. I've gotten to know so many more people because of of this process that you've done. Uh, That's a great answer.
1: Yeah. Fantasy football commissioner extraordinaire.
0: I love that. I love that. Okay, I'll, I'll accept that answer. And that is one of the better ones. Thank you. The third question, and I have no idea where you're coming down on this. Um, It's a thrill of victory, agony of defeat.
1: I always hate that you use Michael Jordan as the agony of defeat guy when that's clearly Tom Brady.
0: Oh, I see what you're doing. You're right. He's a very I mean, mean,
1: that is... He unretired Yeah, because he could not stand that he did not go out winning a Super Bowl. That said, I'm I'm thrill of victory. I am... It seems
0: like that... that's why I didn't know where you were going to yeah. land because I know your appreciation for the agony of defeat uh, almost more than any, anyone I know. But you didn't ever seem like an agony of defeat guy.
1: Look, I'm 25 and I am running to be the youngest member of Congress. You cannot do that unless you are a relentless charging up the hill. Yeah, you know, come whatever hell or high water is coming your way. And I know we're going to win. I know we're going to do it together. So at the end of the day, it is you know on July 19th when we win the primary and on November 8th when we all go to Congress together. It's going to be a thrill of victory for me. I
0: love this. I love this. Foldy, where can people find your campaign? Where can they help financially? Where can they help volunteer?
1: I love it. So financially, you go to MatthewFoldy.com and you donate. And uh, we appreciate all of the support we've already gotten. And on spending time and energy and effort to elect us, DM me, Twitter. At Matthew Foldy, DM me on Instagram. Matthew He's very Foldy.
0: accessible. I, I, you know, unlike like, David Trone, you can find me. Yeah, you're very accessible.
1: And uh, and we will take internships from in Maryland, in DC, part time, full time. We can take remote internships from around the country. We're already building out our internship core because young people in particular are very excited about this. But the the older folk who I meet on the campaign trail, who I say, "Oh, you look like a young Republican." they're also excited because they say, wow, you remind me of my grandson. And sometimes they say, (laughs) I'd never let my grandson anywhere near the levers of power. Or they'd say, you know, my grandson should really be doing what you're doing. But people realize that we need to get David Trone out of office. We need to flip the house and we need to lay the groundwork for a Republican to win the White House in 2024. So you can donate MatthewFoldy.com. You can email me Matthew at MatthewFoldy.com. You can DM me and uh, we will be in touch. And I am just... It's such a surreal honor to be with you on on the program as a congressional candidate for a Republican district outside of Washington, D.C. This is the
0: first candidate we've grown from within. That's true. This, uh, is, a, this is a very big deal.
1: I, uh, I I cannot thank you guys enough. You guys, I've, I've actually had voters say that they recognize me from the program all the way out in Western Maryland. I mean, the reach awesome. of the program is, is unparalleled, and it's so cool watching you guys just go to the moon and and beyond. And I'm excited to be there. uh, Very, very kind
0: of you to say we want to help all the way through. Remind us the date of the primary so we can make sure that everybody knows exactly when they are checking their first box for Matthew Foldy.
1: Well, if you lived in Chicago's Fifth Ward, it'll be your second box, second box if you've moved to Maryland. But July 19th, July 19th, July 19th, uh, we need all the help that we can get so we can uh, we can go to Congress together.
0: July 19th, that's the primary, the first step along the way to an illustrious congressional career Of Matthew Foldy, thanks so much for joining the program.
4: And
1: unlike David Trone, you guys can come to my office anytime.
0: I love it. Thanks, Thanks, pal. Were you guys surprised at all? Uh, Like he's incredibly
3: professional. Very proud. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean pleasantly surprised.
0: Very message.
3: And, And you know what? It's what is really hard to beat. If 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 folks listening to this have not checked out these videos that he's posted online of him standing in front of David Trone's closed office it is a clinic for what every other candidate in this country should be doing against their Democrat incumbent who is not going to work. Totally I mean, he's, right. He's he's... How, how old is he again? 25. 25, and he's putting on a clinic that every other every other Republican candidate should be
0: Yeah, I mean, look, he, he, we've always known he's a smart kid and he's a hard-working kid, but I think now after that interview, I, I mean, I can safely say this guy's going to be a hell of a congressman. Yeah. I mean, he's exactly what we need, and he's a new generation, right? I mean, we're talking about... A generation that has been typically labeled as a, you know, sort of left of center, selfish, you know, sort of removed from any concern that doesn't concern themselves. Here's a guy in that age demographic who's running a campaign entirely about the people of his district. 100%. You know, and that, it just says, it says a lot. It also, I think people, his peers, can look at him at some level as, an example of like what the next generation of leadership in this country needs to look like, and it's yeah.
2: why you see the volunteer turnout. Like, right, everyone who knows Foldy has jumped on board. Yeah,
0: yeah. and if you are in the DC, you know,
4: metro area,
0: go ahead and volunteer for old Foldy, knock some doors, or donate. Yeah, s- send him, t- send him a couple of bucks. I sent him some money uh just because I'm, I'm a huge believer right now, and I just I feel like he could be very good not only for his district, the entire Republican Party, and basically the country.
2: That's that. I mean, now that's a banger of an episode. We had it all. We had our Australian Tigers. We had our Hank updates. And And we got the interview. Uh, Absolute banger of a show, gentlemen. And hope everyone had a wonderful Memorial Day. Uh, So until next time, minions, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. We'll see you on Thursday. Stay ruthless.